Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group at RSA Conference 2014. I'm here with Barrett Lyon of Defense.net to talk about some of the DDoS trends that we've seen in the industry. Barrett, when it comes to the attacks against banking institutions, of course, DDoS was a hot topic in 2012 and 2013. 2014, things kind of uh, seemed to disappear for a while, but then we had some recent attacks against banking institutions by this group known as the European Cyber Army. Attribution in the DDoS space is challenging, but I'd like for you to perhaps give us some background on who ECA is and you know what type of threat they pose. Yeah, so I found them kind of interesting. When, when banks go down, I get interested in what's going on. And uh, these guys on Twitter were taking attribution to, you know, basically saying that they performed these attacks. And uh, for some reason, I didn't believe them. And they just kept listing all these sites that they were taking down. And so I started uh, chatting with them through Twitter quite a bit. And a lot of security researchers are scared to do that. Uh, I happen to have a huge defense network at my disposal, so I didn't really worry about it too much. And uh, the more I chatted with them, the more I found that they were all talking no performance there. So I... Um, eventually got them so upset that they did attack me. And the attack was pretty immature and, and it had some uh, some features to it which we couldn't correlate to the other attacks that actually happened towards the banks. So it sounds like these guys were just kind of making things up and taking credit for site outages or attacks when they, when they weren't really doing it themselves. Some researchers, when these attacks first resurrected uh, earlier this year, thought that perhaps ECA was using the same botnet that had been used by the cyber fighters in 2012 and 2013, the, the botnet known as BroBot. You don't think that was the case? No. They had a much smaller attack. It, it functioned much differently than BroBot did. It had some things in the headers of all, all the HTTP requests that they were doing, which was much different than BroBot. And we were able to take that information and correlate it with some of the other attacks they claimed to do, and they weren't the same attacks. What about the Syrian Electronic Army? When we were going back to the days of QCF and the attacks against banks, there, there was some discussion that perhaps there was some connection to the Syrian Electronic Army. Do you think there might be some connection here? I don't think so. The, the more that these guys got uh, upset with me, the more they wanted to prove that they were really cool and, and had a lot of uh, yeah, skills. So eventually they ended up giving me a list off of uh, Pastebin of all the sites that they've attacked. From that, it was linked to their own private Pastebin account, and inside there, they had all their personal information. <laughs> so uh, it was easy to find out who, who these guys were. One's a 15-year-old in London. The other guy is a guy in uh, Massachusetts. So, you know, I think they were just all talk and no no power as far as uh, came, came to DDoS. However, there is somebody out there with a big, nasty botnet. And the botnet... Uh, didn't really perform very long. It went after uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank of America, and they went down. And they had protection in place, and, and it apparently wasn't enough to deal with this attack. So somewhere out there is a very nasty botnet. It was tested, and then it just disappeared. So it's at somebody's disposal. Do you think that this perhaps was Al Qasam cyber fighters? It could have been. 
could have been somebody fat fingering a keyboard, uh, who knows, but it hasn't come back. Since then, there's been some very large uh, NTP reflection attacks, which are you know, the, the timing servers out there that are used for a network time protocol to synchronize things like the time on your iPhone. Turns out, if they're not set up properly, they're very easy to reflect a large attack off of. And Cloudflare says it was 400 gigabit, but they still don't have any facts or information about it, uh, other than trust us, it was big. And it probably was very large, but it's hard to say if it was actually 400 gigabit or not. When those types of attacks happen, companies like Cloudflare will put filters on their carriers' networks, their ISPs, so they don't actually get to see the bandwidth, and a lot of it's just guesstimate at that point. But they've been large, but they're also easy to filter. Now, some people will try to scare you and say, well, even though they're easy to filter, they took down part of a backbone. But what they did is, uh, if you look at Cloudflare's case, it took down little sections of a very feeble network, uh, cogent communications, which is kind of known as kind of the, the cheapest bottom barrel, kind of the, the Walmart of uh, internet bandwidth. They went down in three areas all at once and impacted Cloudflare's business uh, because they use that as a transit service provider. But that's not all carriers, that's not all of the internet, it's only a little, one small section of a smaller network. So. They're big, they're filterable, but it's hard to tell you know, what kind of impact it would have to business if it actually went after an AT&T or Tata Communications or a large network. It seems like those networks would deal with it quite well. So Barrett, as we look out to the rest of 2014 and then perhaps into 2015, would you say that these types of NTP reflection attacks are what the industry should be most concerned about, or is it the application layer attacks that we saw QCF wage that are most concerning, or both? The trend now on all the attacks we see, are they're mostly mixed. They have large kind of bandwidth exhaustion type of things, but the, at the same time they also are mixed in with application layer attacks. The application layer attacks themselves aren't very sophisticated yet. I mean, they don't really emulate browsers. They're not going after the hard hit uh, sections of sites like the search portions or, or scripts or things that actually cause CPU to you know overwork on a, on a, like a database or something. But on a whole, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We're going to see new types of reflection attacks this year. NTP is not the only protocol capable of doing this kind of thing. There's there's quite a few other protocols in the, that are kind of legacy things that lay around on the internet that people are going to pick up and start utilizing. So we might see more of that. Some surprises that will definitely come up this year in that area. We're also going to see, I think, some interesting application layer attacks. Uh, in our lab, we've experimented with uh, using Tor as a botnet. And uh, sure enough, it works. So you can use Tor as, as an entire botnet to create an application layer attack. That's pretty interesting. That's going to be a really messy thing to, to deal with. And the Tor network is going to have a lot of trouble with it in the next uh, couple years. So th that's something I think we'll see on the radar. And which industries do you think will be the ones that are most vulnerable to attack? Will it be banking institutions or is it just across the board? Well, the banking institutions are definitely smart now. They, you know, when I first got into, started dealing with DDoS back in like 1998, you know, start talking at SANS and things, I presented to a bunch of banks and they said, this will never happen to us. Uh, why do we care? This is something that kids do while they're playing games. And I said, well, if some kid can knock, you know, a gaming server offline or an internet relay chat server offline, why couldn't they do that to a bank? And you should worry about it. Well, you know, we kind of have to learn the hard way, I guess. And they've learned the hard way. And, and as a result, 
I've seen some, I've met some brilliant people working at these banks dealing with these kinds of problems. So, you know, the banks are going to be a harder target to take down. They may continue to be a target just because it's such a noise-worthy event that makes so much news that maybe these, if you take a bank down, that's kind of the ultimate target. But I think you're going to see a lot of other pieces of the internet attacked as well. Things that uh, people also will get really upset about. I mean, for example, Netflix. If you can't watch TV, uh, you're kind of upset. A lot of people are switching to th streaming services. So streaming services, I think, are incredibly vulnerable. I also think that large sporting events that are streamed online, for example, the Super Bowl, uh, the Olympics, could have been disrupted quite a bit. So you might see, if you're a hacktivist and you're trying to make a point and you're trying to make a lot of noise, you might see these uh, very large targets kind of picked out by those guys. But the banks are definitely better off this year than they were last year, for sure. Barrett, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Yeah, thank you. It's great to see you. Again, we've just heard from Barrett Lyon of Defense.net. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.